Hey, Big Ten fans, welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday. It's draft day, April 23rd, 2020. And today clearly is going to be a very big day for multiple Big Ten players. But before we get into the NFL draft, let's get out to the football side of things on the recruiting side, because yesterday was a pretty big day for a couple programs as three Big Ten programs added new commitments. We'll start off with the 2021 class as Minnesota got two yesterday. They got a recommitment from Illinois athlete Sam Jackson. Jackson is viewed as a quarterback at 5'11", 170 pounds. Jackson most likely will be a quarterback. If not, uh, you could potentially see him as a wide receiver or a defensive back. So it kind of depends on what happens when he gets on campus in the Quad Cities. Here's the thing with Jackson. Jackson decommitted a couple months ago from Minnesota, and it, you don't see this very often. And for me personally, when you get a chance to re-recruit a player and they decommit, it's pretty much a full-on Let's start from square one. And so that's exactly what P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota staff ended up doing with Sam Jackson. And they won over a solid group of other schools, including inside the Big Ten, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, Wisconsin. He also had offers from Notre Dame and Oregon. So it's not like he couldn't have gone outside of the Big Ten footprint to go to college. However, Jackson, when push came to shove I think he felt most comfortable with the Minnesota staff and what the Gophers had to offer so Sam Jackson hopefully this is the last time especially for Gopher fans that Sam Jackson will be a free agent necessarily and he has now recommitted to Minnesota the other commitment that the Gophers got yesterday came out of Texas an outside linebacker Demarion Alexander Alexander is a big body at 6'5 215 pounds he's Probably going to have to add a little bit of weight on there, but 6'5", that's a huge outside linebacker. Uh, to me, there's a potential if he adds on a lot of good weight and ends up 245, 250, you could potentially see him with his hand in the dirt, uh, similar to what they did with Carter Coughlin recently. Coughlin would stand up on the outside and rush the passer. He was also an outside linebacker, and I, I like this commitment here again. Anytime you're going after a guy that's kind of a you know an in-between guy who has some solid offers but is coming out of one of those high-level football states, which Texas clearly is, you have to like what's going on because a lot of those recruits come in and they are more ready to get things going, rolling in college than a lot of other prospects who play at smaller schools who don't play against high-level competition week in and week out. Alexander had a pretty solid offer list as well. You're looking at Arizona State, Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, Kansas, pretty much the Big 12, Pac-12 footprint. Not a lot of Big Ten offers, so this is a little bit surprising to see Alexander go so far up north to Minnesota, but a solid grab for them and if you look at the national recruiting rankings, Minnesota is making a move. At the current moment, uh, what I saw yesterday, they were inside the top five. Yeah, Minnesota 
inside the top five on the national recruiting side, not just on the Big Ten side. So that's very impressive. B.J. Flex starting to get things rolling here. And I think that for Minnesota, when you look at the grand scheme of things, they're on the upswing. They had a really good season. They're returning Tanner Morgan. They're starting quarterback. They're also bringing back Rashad Bateman, one of the best wide receivers in the country next year. Yes, they are losing a lot of defensive talent, most notably the pre, uh, the aforementioned Carter Coughlin, uh, alongside with early entry Antoine Winfield Jr., who potentially could get his name called later today in the first round. We'll get into that in just a moment. But still, Minnesota has really come up and what they've done on the field and then translating it over into this recruiting cycle. Very good job by P.J. Fleck. I've been very, very impressed. Iowa continues their great start to the 2021 class with a in-state commit from defensive end Max Llewellyn. Llewellyn is 6'5", 230 pounds, and he's not just one of your typical big Iowa kids. He has a solid offer list, which included Penn State, Michigan State, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas State, Iowa State. So he's a pretty solid player at 6'5", 230 pounds, and I think they're looking for the next A.J. Panessa. That, that's really what they're looking for. Now, they're not going to find him, I don't think. But when you look at things, uh, Max Llewellyn will probably be a guy that won't contribute right away. I think he's a guy that probably needs a little bit of more technique. He needs a little bit more development. And I'll tell you one thing. If there's a place to go and get that technique and go and get that development, it's at Iowa. They do a fantastic job of doing exactly what I just said. Progressing players when they get on campus, making sure that they get that technique down, they continue to improve, they get better, they get better, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a first-round draft pick like Tristan Wirfs, who was a three-star, who wasn't that high of a prospect. You're talking about multiple players who have gone that route. And I think for Iowa and Kirk Ferentz, as long as they continue to do what they're doing, they'll be a solid program. And this continues with Llewellyn because I think that Llewellyn is a very solid prospect. And no, he's not an imp instant impact type of guy, but over the course of his time at Iowa, I do believe that Llewellyn will make an impact and it might not be right away, like I said. However, it'll still be an impact, nevertheless. The last commitment yesterday secured by a Big Ten team goes to the Buckeyes. And it's not for their 2021 class, which has been absolutely on fire recently. Very similar to what Minnesota's doing. Both of the schools have been just recruiting out of this world during the mandated blackout period here by the NCAA. But... The Buckeyes get their first 2022 commitment going all the way down south to Louisiana and getting Jair Brown, the defensive back. 6'1", 165 pounds. The young man has an impressive offer list, which includes Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma. All right. Yeah, you hear those names. You're like, that's the who's who's of college football right now. The only one you're missing is Clemson, but if you haven't noticed, Clemson really doesn't offer a lot of prospects. They're pretty selective at who they're offering. And 
it's worked out well for them. So you're not going to see a lot of Clemson offers. When you see that Clemson offer, you know that they Dabo Swinney and his staff really want that player. But when you see Alabama, Georgia, LSU, you're talking about the who's who's in the SEC. And the key here is that Ryan Day and his staff have gone into the SEC country and gotten a commitment from a guy that they all wanted. It's not like they were going down there and you're looking at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, those kind of offers, Vanderbilt, not those offers. We're talking about the highest level SEC programs. And so the Buckeyes getting a commitment out of Brown from SEC country, that's a big coup on Ryan Day's hat. And I think that all that he has shown during his short tenure as the Buckeye head coach is that things aren't going to change at Ohio State. Things are not changing. He's recruiting at a high level. The on-field high level as well, as evidenced by an undefeated season, a Big Ten championship, a berth in the college football playoff, looking like the better team on the field against Clemson in the semifinal game, although they lost. But they still, when if you just threw out the rankings and you threw out the numbers and you threw out the names, you'd say, yeah, Ohio State was the better team. Unfortunately, a couple bad calls didn't go their way on referees. You can't blame referees for anything. you got to go out there and win the game and get it out of their hands. But nevertheless, Ryan Day has made a super smooth transition from Urban Meyer to himself, and it's been very, very impressive. Stadium yesterday did a poll asking multiple ADs around the country whether or not they thought the season would be played. A resounding 99% of the athletic directors polled believe that college football will be played this year. Well, not necessarily this year, this academic year, which gives them a lot of time which is fine by me. Football is football. I don't care when it is. Traditionally, we all love to have end of you know, August, early September games is when the season will start. That's probably not going to happen uh, because what a lot of these ADs believe is that it'll be delayed. They'll either start the season in October or November, or it could even be pushed out to early 2021. And if that's the case, it's going to be very interesting to see how the NFL reacts to this. I think it's clear that college football doesn't want to go the route that the NCAA went with spring sports because this is their moneymaker. This is the big one. And you don't want to mess with a league that owns a day of the week in the NFL. The NFL owns Sundays. It used to be run by God. Now it's run by Roger Goodell. And when you look at the way that the NFL has gone about their business, they haven't stopped anything. Everything is the same for them right now. The NFL draft, yeah, they did a little tweaks and they moved some stuff around, but did they change the date? Did they do anything else, push things back? No. They didn't. The NFL stuck with what they had. They're making clear changes. It's a virtual draft tonight, and you can't mess with that. I think that the college football 
heads along with the NFL need to get together. They need to formulate a plan which works for both of them. And to me, that plan would be pushing the season to a delayed start. I think that pushing it into early 2021 causes a whole lot of problems, especially when you're talking about recruiting as well. What are they going to do about the early signing period? What do they do about the late signing period in February, the first weekend of February? If they're still playing games, that's a lot to ask for. Would they push that back? Would the NFL then in turn, if the season starts in early 2021, is the NFL going to push back all of their things as well? So there's a lot of issues going on with that. Uh, ideally, I would personally like to see the season start on time. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I've been constantly thinking about this, and to me personally, I think it would be difficult to get things going. Uh, I think the baseball season is 100% going to be canceled. I just can't see them playing. I know hockey has come out and said that they're going to get started playing, but, you know, things are different in hockey. There's not as many players. There's not not as many uh, staff on there. So I I think that's different. But still, uh, when you look at it, it, it's going to be difficult for any sport really to ramp it up, and especially with coaches saying they're going to need six weeks to start that means that the cdc is going to have to say groups of larger than 50 people are going to be able to convene by the end of august because you're looking at september given end of august say they do it in the middle of august and then you get that six weeks the end of august all of september you're starting off in october that gives teams and coaches plenty of time to ramp it up but who knows? Uh, at this moment, nobody knows. It's just conjecture. And we all want to see a college football season this coming year. However, uh, w- nobody knows what the hell is going to happen. But we'd love to see it. We want football. Everybody does. And I personally, I want it. I need it. I miss it. It's hard to watch things now. Uh, you know, the NFL draft is going to be great. For the next couple of days, it's going to keep our mind off things. But after the NFL draft happens, where's football? Aside from recruiting, the mandated NCAA dead period, there's not much going on. We miss football. Everyone does. It's clear. Everyone misses football. But back to the NFL draft. So tonight, clearly, the NFL draft is happening. Uh, you're going to look to see multiple Big Ten names being called uh, off the top of my head, I believe that you know, you're looking at a Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, uh, Tristan Wirfs, A.J. Panessa has a clear opportunity, uh, Zach Bond, Itur Gross Matos. There are guys, Antoine Winfield Jr., there are guys that are going to be selected tonight. There are guys that are going to be disappointed as well. And I think when you look at the grand scheme of things, you're looking at about six Big Ten players that should be selected. I think that within the first eight picks, I think you'll see at least three Big Ten names. Names. They're looking at Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, and Tristan Wirfs. And then when you fly further down the line, that's when you're going to find your Epinesa, your Gross Matos. Uh, potentially, uh, you're looking at Winfield Jr., Zach Bond. As long as teams don't feel like the 
positive test that he got for a diluted substance has anything, you know, is any concern. I could definitely see his name being called in the first round. So th there's plenty of players that can get selected out of the Big Ten in the first round here tonight. Uh, but we'll see. The NFL draft, it's a crapshoot. Who the hell knows what's going to go on? But I think it's going to be fun to watch. We'll keep our mind off of things for the next couple of days. And we're going to see a whole lot of Big Ten names being called. And clearly what happens tomorrow night, I'll break it down for you tomorrow morning. Moving on to the basketball side of things, there is one note as Michigan State grabbed a commitment from in-state shooting guard Pierre Brooks, 6'5", 180 pounds. He had offers from Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Arizona State, and Butler. Brooks is viewed as a top 100 prospect, although on the lower side of the 100 end. I do think that this is a good grab for Tom Izzo and the Spartans. I feel like they always mix the high-level top recruits with solid lower-level recruits that take time to develop, and Tom Izzo does a fantastic job developing them, and then mixing them in with the one-and-dones. I think that Tom Izzo has really gotten a hold of the way that the new wave of college basketball works. You find a couple of guys that are going to be three- to four-year players. You mix them in with the immensely talented one-and-done players. And you, I wouldn't say you get a national championship every year, which they don't, clearly. But you definitely have competitive teams that make the tournament that are highly ranked at the end of the year. And I like what what's going on there. I, I think that especially when you look at the way that the program is run, and yeah, there are issues, uh, especially legal issues going on right now, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, Tom Izzo and Michigan State have produced one hell of a program, and going forward, I think uh, you know Tom Izzo has firmly set his program in position to continue to be one of the elite programs in the country. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate your time and the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Happy Draft Day, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.